0: Everyone, welcome to the Borderlands podcast. I'm Eric and I'm Bethany, and we're back in the studio for the first time in a while. Which is fun for us, it's
1: been so long.
0: It doesn't seem like it's been long for you guys. I was gonna
1: say, you, you guys didn't notice, no, not at all.
0: <laughs> um, maybe you didn't, maybe you noticed, um, but that was because you didn't listen to our podcast. So go back and check out all the episodes we released this summer.
1: I think we've released some good ones.
0: Yeah, there have been some good conversations, definitely some episodes that we'll have to revisit. Yeah, I know that.
1: Do like a part two in a little bit.
0: Yeah, just because... Eric and I could talk forever. Well, there's that. <laughs> but some conversations that just can't end in 45 minutes or an hour. Yeah. But this week on the podcast, um, as Bethany wonderfully titled it, <laughs> we're getting personal.
1: I was trying to like think of a song, but I couldn't. But we're getting personal. See, all I
0: can think of is not the actual song itself, but... The clip from The Office where Michael and Holly are ad-libbing Let's Get Physical to Let's Get Ethical.
1: Oh. And it's super
0: awkward. That's that's the only connection I can really I think of. I do know what you're
1: talking Yeah, okay. And that's for all you Office fans out there.
0: There it is. <laughs> if you're an Office fan, let us know. Um, we'll send you something special, like a high five. <laughs>
1: but Next. basically, we're going to be telling you guys about I don't know what's been going on in our lives since it's been a, it's been a minute for us since we've recorded. Summer's been kind of crazy and hectic, um, but a lot of good things have happened.
0: Yeah, so. like honestly, the reason why we haven't been in here for a while is because I think we recorded, then I was here for a week and then I left. Yeah, and for the most part, I've been gone, minus the last week.
1: Eric left us all. I
0: did. (laughs) I did. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about what that was. If you are part of Calvary or one of my friends, you've heard some of these stories, but I'm gonna be sharing a bit about my California trip and what that was and what it meant to me and everything that I'm still processing and I will probably process for the next like six months.
1: Wow. I thought you were gonna say like years. But six months is like it'll
0: it'll have effects for years to come, but if I haven't processed it by the end of this year, I think I have a problem. That's fair. <laughs> like, I'm, like I try to go back next summer, I'm just still processing.
1: So why did you go to California? Did you go visit the Kardashians?
0: Honestly, my first reaction was they live in California, which I, I guess they do. It's like
1: <laughs> L.A. I, I,
0: that's true. It just did not cross my mind. No, I did not go wow. to visit the Kardashians. Okay. Um, Pete Davidson and I were just not on good terms.
1: Oh. Oh, and by that, I mean,
0: we have no terms. <laughs> uh, no, so I actually went with, I went like by myself, but I went to go take a class in person. Eric's going to school again. Woo. Eric and the podcast are always going to school.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, he's always teaching us.
0: But I went out to California for a four day immersive class in the city of LA. Hmm. And because airfare is like crazy and Airbnbs are crazy it was actually cheaper to go there for like 10 days than it would have been to like fly in on Sunday and fly out on Friday that's crazy yeah so like I flew in on Friday and I left like the following Sunday mm-hmm. so I was there like 10 you know a little bit more than 10 days which was awesome uh the only negative was I went by myself so Kaylee was not with me so that was definitely a bummer but between the class which I will talk about and like my time on my own because I I didn't know anyone there mm-hmm. I met some I met some new friends uh, so I met some new friends when I got there and I uh, but then they left on a trip like right after I got there so I was by myself no friends no family that yeah. I really knew so I just kind of went exploring a decent amount you know I, I stayed in South Pasadena Okay. Which is about, honestly, it's kind of the distance that we are from Detroit. Maybe a little bit closer.
1: So, like distance, is that South Pasadena from like LA? Yes, to okay.
0: LA. Um North, it was northeast, um, and then it was even closer to actual pa- like Pasadena, mm-hmm. downtown Pasadena, which is, is it where-
1: south of Pasadena.
0: It is. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my school is in Pasadena, so okay, I went and visited my school, which was fun. But when I was there, I, 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 we did this class and we intentionally were inside like LA city limits Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for four days, seeing different ministries, seeing different entities. Like we saw, or we met with, um, the DA's office one day, Mm -hmm. the, the government space. We like walked, like did a walking tour of the city and we just did so much. Right. And while we were there, I learned a lot.
1: What do you, like, what would you say maybe was the most impactful thing you did in those four days?
0: Yeah, so I, I'm i talking so slowly because I'm deciding, should I tell this story? Because I have like 60 of them. Yeah, that's what yeah, I figured. <laughs> there's no time. <laughs> um, so, I'll, yeah, thank you for that question. I'll, I'll jump into some topics and then I'll go back to the stories that, mm-hmm. that kind of led me to them. So one of them was like... I felt so overwhelmed by compassion. And that was something that, if you're part of Calvary, I spoke on recently Mm -hmm. uh, on a Sunday morning. But in a place like Los Angeles, I don't feel, I really didn't feel like it was that much different than Detroit. Yeah. Like it definitely was different. Like I'm not saying it's the same city. It was bigger. It was more diverse. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But it, it just really felt like it felt like Detroit to the extreme, if that makes sense.
1: Okay.
0: Like similar spaces, you know, Los Angeles has been marked as like the first postmodern city, which has nothing to do with like what they believe has everything to do with like how it was yeah. <laughs> developed and how a lot of cities come out of like the Chicago school, how there's like a downtown and then it like expands to, like suburbs and the rural and it's this kind of like ring right. concept. And Los Angeles is not like that. It actually wasn't meant to be a mega city. It's,
1: it's very spread out, isn't it?
0: it? It is. And the reason is there were a ton of little cities and they all grew and they all grew so much that they just connected uh, to each other. That makes sense. So that's why there's no... like.
1: I feel like that's like a large version of Downriver in a way. Well, yeah. Well, so that's what... <laughs> which is so funny, but...
0: That was like one of the... And that was like our first day in class that I felt that like odd connection. that I'm like, that's how Detroit is. Yeah. Like, yes, there are. You could point to suburban areas and urban areas but it really was like there's Detroit and then there's all these other little cities and they've all grown and they've all connected so now it's metro Detroit right so that was really wild Um, but as you walk through uh, again with like the lens that like it really did feel like an odd extension of my home Mm -hmm. I just felt so much compassion on like all the stories you know how many people were immigrants to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and they were writing a new story for their family or they were trying to make it and they weren't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether they were, you know, they had a part-time job or whatever job they could just trying to survive or living in a tent or tarp on the side of the road. Like there was just so much. And the majority of the people in my class were from California at least, if not Southern California. I didn't realize that. Yeah, only... There was like 35 of us and I think 25 or more were from California. Okay. There were definitely people that flew in like mm-hmm. me but a majority were local, yeah. or relatively local. You know, They drove and stayed so right. flew thousands of miles mm. and it, it was really intriguing to walk through the city with people who were local and not local, uh, people who cared and people who didn't care but for the most part, It was this weird dichotomy of I felt like I was in a different place. Like Mm -hmm. I knew I was in a different place. But at the same time, it felt like another place. Like it it kind of felt so familiar. Like, oh, that's just another place. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I feel like sometimes that's like how compassion is because you you really put yourself in those situations, in Mm -hmm. those positions. So it's not like you're just watching from the outside and you're like, Oh, you know, I have compassion on that that person, you know, in another country that I'm never going to see or think about again. Right. But it's like you really like, like how how are they actually living? Like how are they? How would they feel right now if they're going through this?
0: Yeah, and and what really stuck out to me, and I'm sure we have listeners who would like this concept and dislike this concept. So uh, a lot of people talk about California like someplace over there. Yeah, In California, they dot, 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 whether they like it or dislike it. And I know people in California that like it and dislike it right? (laughs) um, because I've met a lot of them um, who live in California. But when I was there, it felt like, oh, this is another person. Mm -hmm. Like the first day we went and we had lunch at the Grand Central Market. That sounds fun. It was. It was (laughs) this like indoor, outdoor space. You know, it was like indoor, but there were a ton of like uh, garage door kind of walls. So it was like. Open right, and there were just a ton of vendors selling whatever food, you know, official vendors, you know, their restaurants and stuff. And I had some; I was told to get some large burrito, which I did. It was very good. (laughs) It was very good. I'm like this close to Mexico. I I know that L A has to be good. Yeah, I I know like that. You know that food there is good. So I had that. But then I was sitting there and I saw that there was this donut shop like right on the corner, and I could see it the whole time I was eating. Like. I'm going to get a donut because I love donuts. And me and this other guy, i um, got some donuts and I was standing in line and I'm like, this is exactly what I would do at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it's not because I knew what the place was. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I want, you know, some big change so I could get to eat the same thing all the time. But it was like, I'd go to a restaurant. I'd have some really good food that someone recommended to me mm-hmm. and I'd see a dessert that caught my eye. And I would eat it, and it would be delicious. and Or not delicious sometimes. But (laughs) my whole point being like, especially in today's day and age with, I feel like I'm 90 when I say with the internet. But like...
1: The Facebook and the Twitter.
0: (laughs) That TikTok thing. Um, The fact that I can interact with someone across the country or across the globe at the click of a button like I can't just point to someone over there and assume they're different mm-hmm. or assume they don't understand or assume anything about them. Yeah. And it really like made me think like what what story am I living for myself? And I'll get back to that. But what story am I putting on other people? Am I assuming that they are rude? Am I assuming that they don't value the same things I value? Am I assuming that they're conceited? Am I assuming they're gentle and kind? Mm -hmm. What are my assumptions about the story that I kind of have to like make about someone else?
1: It makes me think of that TED Talk that you brought up in one of the first episodes. Um, The the single story. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Where she was saying she you know, I think was of African descent or um, something like that. And her professor like thought of her one way. She was like...
0: I believe she was Nigerian. Nigerian. I think she was Nigerian. Okay.
1: Um, And she was like, you know, not everyone that's Nigerian is exactly the same. Like we all are different just because I'm from one place doesn't mean you can paint everyone with the same brush stroke.
0: Right. Yeah, you're dead on. Yeah. And it, it really, it really pushed me to see to see what, honestly what I'm not seeing. Mm -hmm. And not that like, oh, I've seen everything now, but like at the actual concept, if you've gone to college or even if you've just gotten older, uh, I think many of you guys can resonate with the concept of, like for me, as I've gone through school, as I've learned more, the thing I've learned the most is how little I know.
1: Amen, preach. You know, so like
0: (laughs) that was a lesson I learned and not that I learned everything, but I learned that I don't know a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's that same kind of concept I recognized how much I haven't seen yeah. and how much I don't see. And it really tries to give me, I, I felt like stronger grace mm. towards others because of that. Yeah. not, And it's not because I'm a better person, but it's like I can't assume anything about them. Like yeah. I don't know. Whether it be, you know, someone who's deemed a criminal, someone who's not, are there things that they do that we can like point to for sure? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, and this is the the fault the falsehood of the single story, this is you know that compassionates I don't know why they did that. Right. I may guess why they would do that, but that's based upon me and my limited experience and and not knowing. So for me, it, it's really made me think and ask the question, and this is the growth question for you guys today, and this is why I tell these stories because we are a podcast about growth and living in that in-between space, what is our perspective as we look to live and grow each day? Like, is there a perspective of, I've got this figured out. I I know what's going on around me. Like, I know what they think in that other neighborhood, in that other city, in that other state across the globe. Or is it one of, I would say, humility? Yeah i I read this line by my professor different professor today. she said it, it was really cool in the space she was talking about how these Christians walk the line of humility and boldness mm. and I think sometimes we we had an episode about anger a few yeah. times ago.
1: We lean a little bit too much into the boldness, <laughs> yeah,
0: I think sometimes we conflate boldness with like rudeness or abruptness mm-hmm. or um. Being stubborn in our thinking. Yeah. Like, no, that's not bold. That's just stubborn. Like, yeah. You just don't want to learn. So how do we like walk with a perspective that's humble and bold? So yeah, I want to be bold. I want to live the calling that Christ has for me. I, I want to do these things, but I also want to be humble in it and recognize that I don't know everything. I don't know everyone's story. I don't know where they've been. I only know where I've been and the people I've interacted with. Right. So like how do we walk with that perspective? in our day-to-day growth.
1: I think that's like one of the most wise things that you can do is to not like fake act like you know something or Mm. know someone like just being honest and saying, you know what? I don't know this either. A, you can go find it out for yourself or b, like, you know, at least you're telling the other person, maybe you can collaborate with everyone, figure out what you're trying to fit, you know, but like when you just like fully admit, you know, I don't know this or I don't know that person's story or I don't know why they would do this. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> we don't have to know everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel both seen and targeted at the same time because that's actually something, I don't know if Kaylee would remember this, but I used to like pride myself on the fact that like I would know enough to make someone think that I knew way more than I did. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember this one fact that I heard on Jeopardy one time. Yeah, and like you could, I could make a conversation out of it. Right. When that really was the only thing I knew. Yeah. Rather than being able to say, "Yeah, I don't know."
1: And I think like I've learned how that can kind of go bad. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, if it's something on Jeopardy, it's or it's something small that's like fine, whatever. But if you are talking like you know something and you like kind of just, I, I. Think of it like it's like a mom exaggerating a story like of what their kid did. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like their kid like maybe got up and then fell back over and she's like, oh, my kid sprinted around the house. Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes when we exaggerate things or like even when we're talking about a group of people, like maybe someone did something to us and now we're like, oh, well, all people are like that. We tell everyone that. Like that just pushes stereotypes and prejudice. Mm -hmm. And so it can go negative, I think, quickly.
0: Yeah. And I think. I think that's definitely a, gen- a generational difference. Mm-hmm. So if you're older than us and you're listening to this, this is a tip to engage <laughs> those who are in their 20s and 30s. I've seen a lot of leaders lead and I don't think they are like I don't think they think they're pretending, but they're pretending that they know everything. They have an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. And like that's never true. And I'm not like pointing out one leader because it's Across the board, yeah. No one leader knows everything, and I think we're seeing—we're
1: not God, of course. We're not going to know everything, right? And I think
0: <laughs> our generation is seeing. I then we've kind of veered a little bit, but I that's know. okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think our generation is seeing how much they value authenticity, mm-hmm. and like they would rather they would rather follow follow someone that says, "I don't know," and I'm going to either I'm going to sit with you in the not knowing, or I'm going to try to find out with you, yeah, or Let me point you to someone who does know rather than, yeah, I know, and this is what it is.
1: And then it's not correct.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's the big question for me uh, before we move on to Bethany and what her adventures have been. (laughs) Ask yourself that question. What is your perspective as you look to live and grow each day? Because I think your perspective plays an impeccably large role in your growth or lack of growth.
1: I am going to come back to you, Eric, too, because you dodged a question and I have another okay. question to ask you. But I will, <laughs> I'll kind of share what I've been doing over the past little bit now. Um, I i got a really expensive ring. Uh, did you buy it? <laughs> I did not, surprisingly. Wow. Where'd um, you find it? <laughs> you know, um, my fiance, it was in his bag. And I was just like, no, okay, cool. Wild. Who means? I guess I'll put this on my finger. It, it <laughs> somehow fits. Weird. That's great. How do you know my ring size? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, I got engaged, folks. So that all, was that I can was hear you fun.
0: all clapping. Way to go.
1: Ooh. I, I was, try, I was <laughs> trying to make the who. <laughs> um, but when Eric and I were coming up, well, you know, just full transparency, guys. We were really trying to come up with an episode today. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been, a, it's been a rough one for Eric and I. We've just been busy and things have been chaotic and
0: that's a good way to put it
1: yeah so I think we were just like let's just talk about what we've been going through and just kind of our growth process because Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we we talk like we're in a place where we like have it all together and we definitely do not
0: right no way
1: (laughs) so just being you know super transparent honest with just the fact that you know we're continuing to grow we're continuing to learn and you know, get better at the things that we talk about But I mean, we're by no means experts on any of this, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I've been going through, I mean, nothing crazy, but I did, like I said, I did get engaged Um and I was going to, I told Eric, I was going to kind of talk about this and now I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, but I was thinking about the fact that this is actually funny because this is related to you, Eric. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Um I don't know. Like a few years back, it was when Eric was the youth pastor here at Calvary and he was talking to the kids one day and I, th- it was something about like the Lord knowing who you are as a person and like trusting the Lord and all that kind of stuff. And you were saying that like the Lord knows you hundred percent, hundred percent knows what's in your head, knows like the things that no one knows about you, all that kind of stuff. Um, But the person who knows you second best would be Kaylee, Mm -hmm. who probably knows you 98% or something like that. You know, there's a couple percent off that, you know. And I remember being terrified. I was like sitting in the crowd trying to be like a role model for these kids. And I was like, someone knowing me 98% literally makes me want to die, (laughs) (laughs) which I know is dramatic. But that's who I am as a person. (laughs) And I just remember being so scared of that. And so when it came to the topic of, like, me and my boyfriend were talking about, like, getting engaged, I was like, oh, but I don't want someone to know me that well. Mm. Like, that's really scary. And I talked about it in therapy, guys. <laughs> Buzzword for the episode. Um, and she and my therapist was like, you act like people don't already know you. Mm. And I was like, "What? no. Like, I, I put on an act. She goes, no, you don't you think you put on an act people know you and people love you and they're not going to like just toss you away like don't be scared of people knowing you it's already happened <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> that is a that's a quality statement there so the thing I've been afraid of for like two years has already happened mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's been a that's been a fun thing that I've been going through but honestly the engagement's been really really great um Other than um, wedding planning is the worst, so everyone pray for me on that, but (laughs) that's been really good. Um, We also went up to Hiawatha Youth Camp uh, for people from Calvary who know what that is. For people that don't, it is a Bible camp up in the middle of nowhere, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Mm -hmm. Um, Eckerman, Michigan. Shout out to... (laughs) What if someone from Eckerman was listening? That'd be great. That'd be wild. Let us know. Shout out.
0: The camp is four miles... From the closest paved road.
1: Sick. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we did go up there um, for a week. Well, mine was like half a week, but um, that was for their teen week. So there were kids, what are the teen week ages? Like 12 to 18, I think? Yeah. Okay. So there were kids around those ages, and we came up, and um, there was a really good speaker that week that maybe we'll get on the podcast soon. I'm not going to say his name. We'll oh. see. Yeah. Um, But it it was just a really, really good week of learning, Um, and actually at the end of that week is when I got engaged, so that was really cool. Um, But there there was a certain night there, and they always do this every year where they have like a night service, because they usually have a day service and an evening service, and the Thursday night service is usually a little different. Sometimes they do like a skit, sometimes they do, like they'll have kids like write down things, or they'll you know, it's a little bit more interactive, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Yeah. So this year um, they had kids write on sticky notes and basically put it on three separate polls that they had. So the first one was they needed to write down, I think, like a family member or someone that was going through like a hardship that they wanted to pray for. Um, So whether that's like an illness, um, you know, they're having a tough time with like the Lord or they're just having a tough time with life in general, like someone they wanted to pray for. And then the middle one was, I think, someone they wanted to, um, like, know the Lord, to be saved, to accept mm-hmm. salvation. And then the third one was something that they're struggling with. So that was really tough. I mean, that mm-hmm. one, I'm not going to go through all of the ones on there because yeah, trigger no. warning for days. But <laughs> it was crazy just to see, like, the kids' reactions and just to really, like, like, just how affected they were by all of that. Um, And I remember, like, when I was a camper at this camp, I was a camper, I think, all the way for, like, eight years. It was a very long time I was a camper. Um, And I just remember being so affected by these. And, like, even when I was on staff, like, I was really young. I was, like, 16, 17, Mm -hmm. and I was still struggling with a lot of stuff. And, like, just watching those kids, and I was sitting there, and I'm realizing that now I'm about to marry a youth pastor. And I used to <laughs> joke that I was like, Oh, youth ministry, you know? Mm. Hopefully none of the youth kids are listening to this. I love you. Um. <laughs>
0: Wait, I want to I want to jump in there because I have a little bit of experience in this. Oh, yes. Because I was a youth pastor when mm-hmm. Bethany moved back here from college, <laughs> and I had no volunteers. So I asked her to be a volunteer, and she said, yeah, probably – I can probably give you like six months.
1: (laughs) It was like two years. (laughs) It was
0: two years. And then other things transpired and she was involved in other areas. And And then I left
1: youth ministry because I was like, it's not for me. L-O-L. (laughs) Right. But, you know, I used to joke because I'm like, oh, you know, um, I'm probably going to have to be involved in youth ministry now. Yeah. And it was never like, it was never something I'm like, oh, this is awful. Right. But it was never something that I'm like, I'm very passionate about this Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like till I saw those kids all standing around those poles and like some of them were crying and they were just leaning on each other for support and I was just like I want to help them like I had this like I called it an epiphany Mm -hmm. um, of just being like I I think I have something to offer to these kids like I feel like if now Bethany talked to 16 year old Bethany like she could actually gain something from that. Mm. And like, I think before, like I was just so focused on like my own personal growth. I was like, okay, I need to get better in these areas. Either A, before I can help someone or just B, in order to help myself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But then I'm like thinking about it. and I'm like, no, like I'm not as affected as these kids are. These kids are going through terrible, awful things or they just feel alone. Like who am I to be like, why I'm not good enough to help them. Like, maybe that's a little self, yeah, you know, depreciating or whatever. But it's also kind of like, I feel like I'm, I'm being a little too proud, maybe. Yeah. Like, I think I, I, I needed to, like, humble myself a little bit and be like, no, like, you're an able body. Like, you're a person who's, like, lived through some things. Like, you can help and assist and be there. So it was just kind of this wild thing where I was, like, literally just sitting there and, like, That was not the point of the service at all, obviously, because it was for the kids. And I had written my own sticky notes, so I wrote someone that I wanted to be saved, and I wrote all of these things. Um, But I was really just sitting there being like, the Lord is calling me to so much more than what I'm giving myself credit for right now. And I Mm. I don't want that, like, save the world mentality. Right. Because I I try to step away from that, um, for sure, but... Yeah, it just it was a I don't know, it was a crazy crazy thing that I was just kind of sitting there being like, "Okay, this is this is what I'm supposed to do, and I still want to grow." Right, like, of course. You know, me being like, "Oh, I want to help others doesn't mean like my growth just stops."
0: <laughs> yeah, right?
1: Um but yeah, it that was that was really cool. Um So, Eric, now that I've just blabbered at you, Um, I want to go back to the question that I asked you. Okay. And then if you have a question for me later, we can Yeah, I I do.
0: We'll do it. Okay, great. There there was more. (laughs)
1: Um, what, what would you say was the biggest impact or like, what did you do in California that made the biggest impact?
0: Hmm. I have an answer and it's a weird answer to share.
1: Perfect. We're weird podcast.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, because there were a lot of things that had like really, really high impact. Yeah. And there there was one. i um, at the LA Cathedral, uh, which is a story for another time. Mm-hmm. I think it's the way I have it in my head. But I honestly, I think the thing that had one of the biggest impacts because of how frequent it was, was my time using the public transit system. Hmm. Which I, I know sounds really bizarre considering I like, had an audience with like the guy who works under the DA of Los Angeles. We were at you know, the biggest cathedral, we walked the city, we did all of this stuff. But each day, so I, I stayed at an Airbnb, like I had a one room in South Pasadena. I I'd get up, I'd walk ten minutes to the train station, I'd get on the yellow train or the L line, gold oh, is what it was. Sorry. I'd go on the gold line. <laughs> And I'd take that like nine stops south Mm -hmm. to Union Station. And then depending on the day, I would either... One day we were right next to Union Station. Another day I hopped on a bus and rode like seven stops on a bus uh, to a cathedral. Another day we got off the the Gold Line, which is above ground, Mm -hmm. and went down to the subway and rode the Red Line to MacArthur Park.
1: Gosh, are the lines doing the same thing in LA? Sorry, I'm just I'm getting Chicago. There's gold.
0: We had yellow, but well, gold is above ground. Red Mm. and purple are below ground subways. Oh, we had the purple too. And then (laughs) the blue, silver, and orange I think are bus lines, which is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. But like I rode, I did all different forms of transit while I was there. I walked. I rode the train. I rode the bus. Technically, I wrote a car because I took a lift to the airport. But as I did that, I got to see the city through the windows
1: mm-hmm. every time. That's the best.
0: I got to, well, I grew more accustomed. Like, I knew what was where by the end of the trip. Right. But it also gave me more time to focus and to think. Mm-hmm. So personally, if I never have to drive another day in my life, I think I'd be okay with it. Amen. Like, that's just me. It's... I'm not like against driving but it's also why I live a mile and a half from the church. Fair. Sure. Because I don't want to drive. And I was able to like listen to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And some days I listen to a podcast instead. But like I was able to like be in a place instead of I parked my car, I got in my car and I drove away. Yeah. It's like I'm going like I felt immersed. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is not just to share the story but sometimes I feel like I'm not immersed. At home. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I go to my, I'm in my house, get in my car, and I take my little car, which is a pod on wheels, which I know is, like, the weirdest way to say it, but, like, that, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, you're in a little a cabin that rolls somewhere else, and then you get out rather than, like, taking in, this is my city. These are the intersections. These are the people that live here. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Now, I also have to recognize, and I've recognized this since I've been home, the weather in L.A. is wonderful. I loved every second of it. It's hot. Only when you're in the sun.
1: Okay. Well, that seems like it would still be.
0: But not when you're in the shade. Okay. It's different. (laughs) It's bizarre. But it doesn't rain very often. There's hardly any snow. So, like, it's not something you can totally just pick up and do here. But at the same time, I recognized how much time I spend in my little zones Instead of when I was there, I had to walk through mm-hmm. all these different zones to get to where I wanted to go. Yeah, I had to cross through all the people in Union Station. I had to go um, across La Plaza. I had to go by the government buildings. And then I had to go into the cathedral yeah. or, or whatever. So it had the biggest impact on me because I felt like I was there. And I feel like in the world today, we're not just lacking relationships. I feel like we're lacking presence. Like, we, we're not always present where we are. Yeah. Even if I'm sitting here, I'm on my computer, I'm on my cell phone, or I'm on my tablet. Or you're thinking of something I'm else. I'm thinking again. of something else. Like, like what like, am I going to do after this? Yeah. I'm not just present. Yeah. And I was able to just be present. I had my phone, took a ton of photos. Like, yeah. I text people. Like, it was so interesting. Like, I still felt like I was probably on my phone more than I was at home because I was by myself. But right. I felt very present.
1: I like that answer because it's something that I've like also felt when I first moved to Chicago, I would just get on a random train line, Hmm. which I don't recommend doing this, but (laughs) I did it. Um, I would just get on a random train line and then I would ride and then I would just like look out the window and get off at a stop that I thought looked cool. Yeah. And then I would just like walk around the neighborhood and like learn about that neighborhood. Yeah. And that's like so different from I feel like when you're driving, you're just focused on the destination rather Mm -hmm. than like everything else around you.
0: Yeah. And I I think to kind of bring it all together, I rode the train through some stereotypically not nice neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I got off the subway in some, like, we were, I was with two other people. We both got on at South Pasadena. So we were riding to class together. Yeah. And we walked down to the subway and the red and purple are like the same train track. For like four stops, and then they uh, split. Yeah. So it's like really confusing because you're like, there are these two trains here. Which line is it? Because mm-hmm. they the actual train cars change. Right. So like it'll come in purple and leave red. Oh, which, interesting. Yeah. It was like that was really tough. So we asked someone. We're like, hey, is this the red line? And she's like, yeah. Where are you going? We're like, we're going to Macarthur Park. She's like, yeah, that's a rough area. Be careful. Oh. That and that was her response to us. And she said, and so we hopped on. But that was where we spent like half of a day yeah, for class. And if I'm not in it, I can fall into the narrative of... That's not a good area. That's not a good area. Avoid yeah. it. Versus I went in there and were there a larger percentage of homeless-looking people? I don't even know if they were homeless, but homeless-looking people, maybe. But they were all really kind. Yeah. Like people were nice. Didn't feel unsafe. I was just able to like see people for who they were. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was with professors, a professor had lived in that neighborhood for like 30 years, so like there was some of that safety. I get that. But at the same time, well, like, even
1: that professor lived there for 30 years. Right. Like
0: <laughs> it, it, exactly. So the idea of like being present, like it was it was hard to carry another narrative into the space that we were in. Yeah when you were present in there because you were experiencing what was actually happening around you rather than kind of like throwing a perspective onto that place.
1: Yeah. I like that. That like that definitely at first glance is a weird answer, but like when you actually go through it, it like, it makes so much mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. My other question for you, oh, Okay. because you asked a question to everyone else and I feel like I would like to hear your answer What is your perspective as you look to live and grow each day?
0: I'm going to answer this and then, but before that, I'm going to not answer it. Amazing. Perfect. Well, so part of it, like -like. the question is the answer. (laughs) Okay. So like, as I wake up today, I want to ask myself, what is my perspective today? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not trying to avoid that, but like some days our perspective just needs to be like, I need to just trust the Lord. Yeah. Like I, like this is kind of how I feel this week. Like, Fair. I just, I just need to trust the Lord today and not like waste my day and get to tomorrow. But like, as I do whatever I do, my perspective needs to be one of trust. Yeah. Other days it needs to be a perspective of generosity or a perspective of grace. It needs to be a perspective of hope. Mm. Uh, I, I think right now I'm in this space where my perspective is. I'm trying to think of the like the verb form of it almost. Um, a perspective of vision is the only word I can think of where like I'm not trying to create something new, but I'm trying to see a little bit beyond what is into what God could make. Yeah. Whatever, you know, the spaces I am involved in. Well,
1: that's in. kind of, I feel like that falls hand in hand with trusting the Lord. Yeah. Because you're just like, all right, let's do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, and there's never just a single story. It's not a single perspective. You know, Absolutely. What all, there's so much. Um, But I I think asking that question, sometimes if I ask myself, what is my perspective, it could reveal a perspective I don't want. Yeah. Like today I'm living in a perspective of assumption Mm. or I'm living a perspective of um, self-centeredness. Yeah. Or self-focused mindset, whatever the opposite of compassion is. I can't think of that word right now. It's been that kind of week. Yeah. It's it's a perspective of apathy, mm-hmm. like oh this doesn't pertain to me, or right. they brought it on themselves, or you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do, you know this is where they're from, this is what they do, right. whatever. So I I think that's why like the perspective question, like it is the question. So yeah,
1: it, you can't ask yourself at once and be
0: done. Right. So I would love to say like my perspective is grace, but that might change, and I might yeah. need to like recognize that oh my answer has changed. Now I need to go and change it and make it different. Yeah. So I want to ask you. Oh, gosh. The same. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just going to ask for something. Like, come up with
1: your own questions, Eric.
0: Right. Um. What is, like, what was your biggest, like, I don't like to use the word takeaway because I feel like we're in, like, a high school English class. Like, what was your biggest takeaway from this book? Uh,
1: and Romeo and Juliet, they were both stupid. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> if
0: only here to check his text messages. <laughs> you would have know
1: she's still alive. She's still there.
0: I don't know who, never mind. Um, but when you, like, when you had that epiphany and mm-hmm. you had that experience, I, I think you, you probably, maybe not could sum it up, but like, what was that lesson? Because I, I know that's what, why you're telling the story for, to listeners. Yeah. You know, what, what is that piece that you're like, this changed and I want to take this with me yeah from day to day
1: i think i think i tried to get into it and then i like completely and utterly moved around but <laughs> yeah you, you kind of
0: to like took it left and that was right. okay but.
1: <laughs> um but no when i was saying that i, I had been a camper at that camp for so long like i basically just kind of consumed all of the information so i took it in and like there was always there's always been people who were like oh, you know, I've I've never had a God moment like the moments I have at Hiawatha mm-hmm. or, like, I never experienced the Lord until I'm there or something like that. And I kind of, like, fell into that where I was, mm-hmm. like, okay, like, like, I need Hiawatha to, like, sustain my, like, growth with the Lord and my growth as a person. And then I realized, okay, no, a, a camp isn't going to sustain right, me as a right. person. Um, but then I think I just kind of kept that mindset of, like, okay, like I need everything else to fulfill me and to keep me growing and to, like I basically just like used like a commodity as like a mindset of just like me consuming everything instead of like me pouring out onto other people. Yeah. Like I think the Lord fills us up and our job is to be that light to other people. If we're just kind of keeping it within ourselves and... We have that, like, I know we talked about, like, being selfish before, but I do think it's, like, a little bit of a self-centered mindset. Mm -hmm. We're just focused on our journey, our growth, our opportunities, um, what we're getting from a friendship or what we're getting from, you know, a message or a group of friends or a community. Like, we miss out on all of the things that we could do for others. And so I think... I just I just really took in the fact that I'm like, okay, A, I can do something. Like, I am not helpless in any of these situations. Like, mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to help, and I can help. And B, I'm pretty sure that's what the Lord's calling us to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're supposed to go and make disciples, but also, like, we're supposed to go and feed the hungry and, you know, give water to the thirsty and clothe the clothless, and, like, you know, do all of that stuff. So it just kind of reinforced the fact that, like, I am now in a position where, like, I can now give back to others and I need to be doing that and not just saying it.
0: I love that. And and I want to, like, throw this in because as you were talking, this, like, popped in my head. Yeah. And I've never, I'm, I don't totally understand this whole passage anyway. It's one of those um, parables that, Like people, like you kind of understand, and then you're like, this kind of makes me feel odd. Um, (laughs) It's the there's a few parables of the talents, Mm -hmm. but there's one where, you know, the master gives the servant 10, and another five, another one. And the one who has 10 like multiplies it, Mm -hmm. says, Master, here, when he comes back, Master, here's your 10, I've earned 10 more. And then the one who's five says, Master, here's your five, I earned five more. And the one said, I buried it. Yeah. And the master gets really mad. And then at the end, at the end of the parable, Jesus says to the one who has, more will be given. And to the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Yeah. And I didn't totally understand that. And I still don't totally understand it. But yeah. as you were talking, like I was asking the Lord, like I am I want an image of this. And yeah. that's what came to mind. And sometimes it feels like those of us, because I've been there too. Mm-hmm. Like I've had those mountaintop camp experiences and that's what like I want to sustain but I think that's what isn't like that's missing the parable because when we think
1: because we kind of hoard it well exactly so the
0: point of the parable was like it was given it was utilized it was taken out Mm -hmm. like from being buried so I I think there's something to be said for like I'm using what I've been given and the Lord's going to pour more in versus I'm just consuming and taking And I don't think the Lord's gonna like take his presence, but at the same time, I think that might be why people don't have this multi, like internally multiplying relationship. Yeah. Because they aren't like pouring out and the Lord's not pouring even further in.
1: I think that's why people get upset too with like change or when things don't go their way necessarily. Because it's like, okay, like say I go to another year at camp and it's not the same experience I had last year. Mm. Now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, where can I, where can I consume? Where can I get more of this? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I do? Cause I'm not getting it here. Instead of being like, no, I like, I have all of this opportunity. I even think like we have what I know we have privilege Mm -hmm. that so many other people don't that like, we have to be able to recognize that and realize that we can use that for good. Use that for a purpose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I know that was a little bit of like a side, but I thought that was so no, good. No, I like that and actually. I think that goes that. really well. You know, yeah, he gave you a mountaintop experience and that's awesome.
1: But don't just hold on to it. Right.
0: And that's, and you, you hit the nail on the head. There's all these people like, I, I, I want to experience God. I want to experience God. I want to experience God. Okay. Help someone else experience God. Mm-hmm. And you probably will.
1: I was gonna say, because sometimes that's the best moments when mm-hmm. you're with someone else and they're also like like you just know the Holy Spirit's there. Like we're two more were gathered, you know? Like mm-hmm. when you have that moment with other people, it's so it's so much greater, I feel like, sometimes than by yourself. For sure. Yeah. Most definitely. So yeah, we uh I had a good time. Eric, it sounds like you've had a good time in California. Yes.
0: I would love to go back and take everyone with me.
1: All right, everyone, you hear that? <laughs> everyone listening, Eric's paying for you to fly well, I to California. I, I will
0: <laughs> lead the trip. You got to pay for yourself because poor. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But I can't pay for everyone. I can't even pay for myself to fly right now. Yeah, that's. But funny. we're glad you listened. Yeah. Um Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for hearing some of the stuff that you know, we've been walking through. Yeah. Because that's what growth is. You mm-hmm. know, we have these concepts, we have these ideas, but growth is waking up in the morning, living your day, going to bed at night. It's its that piece that's just there. And sometimes it's elaborate and sometimes it's not. But we're glad you listened to the Borderlands podcast. Yeah. Subscribe, like, share with your friends. Give us five stars. Uh, that's it. And a review. We will talk to you next time.